Welcome to Dragon's Rest, a podcast about the fantasy tavern where all great adventures get their start. It's here you'll meet a wannabe hero, a misanthropic bartender, a washed-up mage, a dim-witted bard, and a braggadocious dwarf. Created by Darcy Thompson and starring a cast of talented storytellers, each week promises a fresh keg of laughter and misadventure. So come on down to Dragon's Rest. Visit dragonsrestshow.com for more. I'd sat there in silence for nearly an hour, my mind entirely focused on connecting my intent through the sigils on my walls and into the bowl within the binding field. When the fluid in the bowl began to rise and overflow slowly from the rim, I thought I must have been imagining it all. It was working. Sure, I'd prepared it meticulously, but there was always doubt. It had been an unlikely gamble at best. It's happening. Gotta get to my feet without... Jeez. That was close. Almost made an entrance through the salt. The bowl began to bubble, and the fluid, a mixture of my own blood and cooking oil, began to expand outwards, defying gravity as it took shape. I was stunned. The room grew cold as the shape continued to grow within the star until it had reached the size of a small dog. And then it continued further. I saw the photograph of my brother, Charlie, floating within the murk. It was swimming awkwardly, like a tadpole caught in a river current. When the air had chilled to the point that I could see each breath, the shape became real. A wolf? I, I, was it supposed to be? Did I mess this up somehow? Can't be. I, I followed you. I have a voice you. of my own. This is happening. Golly, this is actually happening. I haven't felt the freedom of this plane in millennia. Why have I been brought here? I, I summoned you to make contact with my... dead brother. It's... I want resolution. A young one such as yourself is weighed down by the guilt of that magnitude. It seeps from your aura like an anchor. Interesting. And do you believe me to be able to contact your brother? That's what the book said. Though my check isn't very good. Suppose I can't be certain what we remember of the Babylonians is right either. These are new words to me. But languages change often amongst your sort. I offer a trade. I shall allow you to commune with your brother if you lend me your form for a day. There was nothing written about that sort of trade. I already offered my blood. As you said, your understanding of the language must be incorrect. I demand this trade if you wish to speak to your brother. No. No, I'm, I'm not gonna let you take... Do you even know my brother's name? <laughs> <laughs> Unwilling, are you? Now what shall I do to amend that? Miss me yet, you foolish child. I've had such fun after your friends had me drowned. You brought that on yourself, Kent. 
It seems this form doesn't invoke enough fear in you. <sighs> that was a nice shot in the throat, wasn't it, Michael? Look at the hole you left. Ooh. I've got to give you credit, kid. You didn't forsake the gift. You're dead. I know that whatever hell you landed in, it's not the personal skin bitch of whatever I summoned. You think your little eight-sided star is going to stop me, kid? I'm evolved, remember? A higher life form. What do you want? The searing of nerves. The warm pump of blood. I want a form. A true physical form. None of that for you here. The deal's off, so get lost. Keep it quiet, Michael. I've got a pounding headache and Janet and I have church in the morning. Don't you dare. Dare? I'll do whatever I wish. Ooh, your father sounds like a perfect candidate to be a... What did you call it? Ah, oh, yes. My skin bitch. I'll clobber you if you move a muscle. <laughs> really? You leave your circle of salt and I'll take your body. Three bodies for one. Oh, yes. I sense your mother too now. The resonance of her heartbeat suggests a peaceful sleep. <laughs> well, Michael, this was lovely. What would this man say in a position like this? Hmm. Cheers. Just what the hell have I done? The Eastmith Podcast is written, produced, and engineered by DC Tullus. Based on the world created by DC and J.D. Tullus. It had been two years since the incident. Mom was crying again. She didn't think we heard it. Maybe Eddie or Dad didn't notice, but I did. Soft sobs would come every now and again on the sunny days when it seemed that no one was around to notice. Guilt is a funny topic. You see, it, it really was all my fault. I've paced around my room sleeplessly, scanning for why I acted the way I did, for why I was so caught up in rage and bravado. Channeling it through my fists generally did a good job of shutting up my mind, sure, always racing on and on, but why did it have to boil up then, on that very day? Why was I in a petty fistfight while my brother wrestled against the tide for another breath? I'd only had to watch him. He knew how to swim though not well enough to trust. I hadn't needed to take the insult so personally when that snickering bastard had chucked a rock at me. Little specks of sand sifting through my toes. Three ugly faces laughing from up on the ridge, fifteen feet behind me. No, 
I'd only had to watch my little brother. We'd always moved around when the work dried up. Hartsdale had been just another opportunity for my dad in Florida. I'd even sort of liked it there. It was warm, the girls were pretty, and people minded their own business. Dad still didn't really talk to me much back then, but there was no disdain. Just a lack of understanding, maybe. Something different in my head, something he just couldn't relate to. He got along much better with Eddie and Charlie. Even saying his name was hard at times. If I got along well with my mom, Eddie got along well with Dad. Charlie was the little ray of sunshine that got along with them both equally. Dad could come home drunk and in a foul mood, and within 15 minutes he'd be chuckling with Charlie on his lap. Charlie would have said something silly, of course, and then he would have glanced around the room completely confused as to why people were laughing. And then even when he didn't understand, which was usually the case, he'd join in, and that would make Dad laugh even harder, and then the room was all laughter, and they'd all be happy, and everything would make sense, and then... I'm rambling. I do that sometimes, lose track of my train of thought as it rushes off blindly into memories or things entirely aimless altogether. Sometimes the distraction is the only thing that keeps those other thoughts away. It started with the burning of the station and then was turned into a question by that piercingly sunny Wednesday when my mother started crying again. When my grandfather was serving in Egypt in the First World War, he picked up a book on ancient Egyptian folklore. He gave it to me on my eighth birthday. That was the last birthday of mine that he was alive for. Uh, but ever since I received that book, I've been fascinated by the unknown. The mysteries of the supernatural and the occult. The mysteries that blur the line between fact and fiction. That fascination led me to the abandoned house on Willow Way. I think I did catch a glimpse of the ghost that night, but I've never been certain. And that's what it all comes down to, certainty. All I've ever really wanted was to be certain that there was something beyond the boundaries of the natural world. As the flame roared behind me last March, I finally saw Yellow Eyes firsthand. Those three golden eyes sunk into mine, and I was certain that it was not of this earth. If three-eyed aliens are real, then nothing was off the table anymore. And if nothing was off the table, then maybe, just maybe, I could find a way to communicate with the dead. My life had been without ambition for a long time. I hadn't even applied to a university, though I'd lied and told my friends I had. That punishment of slowly making myself into nothing and fading away at the seams had finally snapped. I needed to know if I could speak to Charlie one last time. And so, for most of April and May, that is what I did. I dug through the library, took my folks' car into Portland, and browsed decrepit bookstores. I dug for anything and everything. My knowledge of the occult was already somewhat adequate. Most of it was hogwash, but there were things that were at least agreed to be true. My own experiments backed that up. Still, I'd yet to try rituals or practices beyond the simpler sort. See, it's extremely easy to screw up most rituals. 
you have to be very careful with the ingredients and where you place your focus. The general details all deviate by culture, but the perfection of said details itself is an idea that is unanimously agreed upon. As the air grew warmer with each passing day and my graduation grew even nearer, I wasn't focused on my future. It was the past that I looked towards. I helped Victoria every couple of days with her dreams, nasty business that was, but when she'd saved her mother and started to acquaint herself towards the future, it was only harder for me to remember everything that still lingered in the past. Deep in thought on another sleepless night, I'd come across the depiction of a peculiar ritual. The practitioners of 13th and 14th century Bohemia had inherited it from the Babylonians. This was no Luciferian tome. These practitioners weren't sacrificing humans and performing all sorts of debauchery. Those kooks were rightfully exterminated when they were found out. No, this ritual was supposed to open a gateway through intense human connection. It was supposed to let you talk to your loved ones once more. When I completed my translation of the ritual, I laid down on my cluttered floor and fought back tears. Maybe I could let him know that I was sorry, and that we miss him dearly. I began preparation immediately. Soon more sigils made of chalk adorned my walls. I dug up an old carpet in a junkyard not far out of town. It didn't smell too much like cat urine, so I couldn't really complain. You needed paint to create an octogram, an eight-pointed star. It acted as a barrier, a wall to focus the magical current and to prevent anything from leaking out into the surrounding area. A candle would sit on each point, eight in total, and a bowl full of oil would rest in the middle. The object of personal affection varied, culture by culture, but I had a photograph of Charlie and myself. Once it was under the oil, I cut my palm and let the blood mix with it, forming a dark fluid. The crux of the ritual, disregarding all of the technicalities that I could ramble about for hours, was channeling meaning into a single name. An idea. I had to bring so much focus and emotion to his name that the words themselves gained power in our world, at least under these conditions. That humid day that he drowned. The day my father stopped making eye contact with me. The day my mother began to dote on me like a puppy. The day I couldn't stop the anger racing through me as I broke that bastard's nose. The day in which I ceased to be the Michael I was. All of it. Every single thread of emotion, every ounce of pain that I'd contained and that had bled through the house invisibly. I focused. I brought forth everything in me and I sacrificed it. And then it all became royally fucked. No use for the salt circle now. Dad! Run! What in the hell is- I'm coming, Dad! Dad, are you okay? It looked like that thing just dived right down your throat. I'm doing just swell. <laughs> Weapon I need- It's a church night, dear. What is all this ruckus? Why, nothing more than a petty squabble, my dear. Say, where do we keep the horses? I feel the need for a stroll. Court, come on. Oh, 
What are you? Your husband. Never more or less. Mom, back away and lock the door. That's not Dad anymore. Oh, and you just have to ruin it. Got it? Michael? Mom? Been a while since I've been in the earthly realm. I think I ought to enjoy myself. Please. Mom, close your mouth. Another host. What have I done? Oh, mother, mother. What have I done? <laughs> All you creatures of the land are so pitiful. Now, where is your transportation? It'll aid me in my fun. Yes, an automobile. Where are the keys, sport? I'd royally screwed up. I knew it right then. My dad, unconscious on the floor. Some kind of extra-dimensional entity wearing my mother's body like a cheap suit. I had to contain it somehow. Do you think we trapped? Ooh, there are windows here. Think, 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 think. I realized in that moment that I might have the upper hand, but it was certainly another gamble. That instant, the presence slipped out of one of the back windows and began to circle toward the front of the house. The keys were still inside on the kitchen counter. It was possible that whatever it was would decide to just go running into town, but it seemed to have more long-term plans than just immediate carnage. I had to bet that it would try to enter again. The front door was unlocked, of course, meaning that I had a brief window of opportunity for surprise. Or at least I hoped I did. With the lamp in one hand, I pocketed the keys and crept toward the front door. She, it, was getting closer. I took up a position in the shadows of the rightmost corner in the foyer. The entity had to come past me if it wanted the keys. Blast. Whatever happened to horses? So be it. After the breathy curse outside, a set of footsteps begrudgingly made their way to the front door. I didn't know if the creature could sense me. It was able to hear my mom's heartbeat, but that was before it entered a host. I really didn't know what this thing was capable of. No, all I could do was wait and pray with bated breath. Come on now, Michael. I know you must have something planned, my sweet. My bright, my kind-hearted boy. I only blame you for your brother's demise on rare occasions. Ah! <clears throat> that was utterly bad. Oh, what am I gonna do? Think, 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 I've asked my dad. 
unconscious, Mom, too. How am I gonna explain any of this? Think. Think! Fine. Let's take it. Step by step. That takes care of that. This better work. Obadiah Marsh speaking. It's awfully late, you know? We don't have a lot of time, Obadiah. Michael? Yes, it's me. I may have accidentally summoned some kind of extra-dimensional entity that possessed both my mother and father until I got it out of him, and it's currently stuck in her, and I have no clue how long she's going to remain unconscious, and I really need your help right now. Unconscious? An, an entity? Are you pulling my leg here? Do I seem the sort to do that right now? Well, no. Correct. Now get over here unless you want this thing to have free reign over my parents in this town. I'll explain when you arrive. Are, are you sure? Wait, wait, wait. You really knocked your parents unconscious. This isn't even about them anymore. If this gets out, this town won't be able to contain it. Trust me and get the hell over here now. Fine. Uh, I'll bring my mom's car. Should be over in under ten minutes. Bring some paint with you. I'm nearly out, and, and, and thanks, Obadiah. Shut up already. I'll be over there as soon as I can. Obadiah arrived in a hurry. His hair was a mess of sweat, and he seemed jittery, like he was only awake on willpower and adrenaline. I explained the situation. At least... I explained it to the best of my limited ability within the given time frame. I'd moved my dad back into his bed, tied up my mother, taped her mouth, and filled an entire duffel bag with books, chalk, salt, and candles. I had a few ideas on how to seal the entity, but was a little lost about how to get it out of her. Hopefully there was a desummoning spell in that dandy little book I'd played with. Just in case there wasn't, I, I wanted options. The entire time I explained this, Obadiah was nervously nodding along. Guess I'm lucky to have the friends I do. Who else would believe such a far-out story? I took him down the hall and to the locked bathroom door. I'd shoved a chair against it. He seemed to ready himself for whatever was behind it. I did too, and, and then I removed the chair and began to open the door. It was then that- She's on a damn cracker, Michael! You messed up your mom real good with that swing. Bang up job on the knots, though. What's the tape for? Screaming? The... I'm just going to call it the present. Uh, it was able to possess their bodies by turning into some kind of smoke cloud and swimming down their throats. Now, I'd rather not have that happen to us. I'd also rather not have to listen to Xavier when it wakes up. It really took his form. Voice and all? Not just God complex and everything. Look, we're wasting time. We've got to take my mother down to the house on Willow Way. It's quiet over there and guaranteed to be empty. I don't want to risk Dad waking up or, or Eddie coming home. Well, uh, here goes nothing then. On three. One, two, three. <laughs> <clears throat> 
want the neighbors to see this sight. <clears throat> Kidnapping your old lady like this? Never thought carrying a body would be this much of a <laughs> pain. Gently into the trunk now. There. There. I'll get all my gear. Start the car, I'll be out in no time at all. And back inside he went. I hadn't the slightest clue what was going on. It was absolutely, certifiably nutters. I'd been ready for the town to calm down after all the mayhem that went on with Kent, but in the span of a month or so, Caleb had been kidnapped, Victoria went off her rocker with some psychic prediction wizardry, and now Michael had managed to summon some kind of extra de- What? What was the word he used? Uh, didn't matter. What did matter is that I needed to know how this happened, and how we could stop it. Pulling out of his driveway, that was my first question. Willoway isn't that far away, and I don't feel the need to obey all the traffic laws, but I do need to know how this happened. It, it was about my brother. I, I thought I could contact him from beyond, you know. Uh, despite the fact that it amazes me you somehow pulled it off, why in the hell did you ever think that was a good idea? I never told any of you what happened, Obadiah, but I let my little brother die. I should have been watching him, and you, you haven't felt the guilt eat at you, making you less and less. No, you haven't had to bear that weight. You haven't had to listen to your mom muffle her sobs when she thinks you're not around. Look, I... It's not the same. But I know what it's like to lose someone dear to you. To never get any closure. No, you don't. Your dad disappeared. So what? It's, it's not like you had anything to do with it. It's not your fault that he's gone. It's not it. I, I, I apologize. We need to be thinking of solutions, not bickering. I need to shut up. I have books on exorcism. I have a couple of books on summoning that I'm going to have to speed read, and I have an odd assortment of ritual items. Either this will go fairly well, or it'll turn to absolute crock. And it'll likely be too quick to react to it properly either way. You really sure that you can do this? I, I know you've been studying it all for a while, and you caused this whole mess in the first place, but... Well, I've translated much more than just that one ritual. There's containment rituals, exorcisms, purges... The, the issue is, more or less, that I don't know about the conditions of each of these, or even what exactly is the thing that came through. We're in way over our heads. You think? You've got to try something, Michael. This is your folks we're talking about. I'm aware. Just shut up for now and let me consult my notes. I have an idea, but it's only half-baked. My lips are sealed, Mr. Holmes. The town was nearly silent as I took the car past Horn's bookshop and down onto Main Street. Checking my watch, it was a little after midnight. 
I was utterly exhausted from my ruined sleep, but a sense of adrenaline was keeping me awake. It would have been great to say that I had confidence in Michael's ability to put the rabbit back in the hat, but I would have been lying. I hadn't even interacted with the damn thing, something that I was all the more grateful for. Still, glancing at Michael in the passenger seat, he was hurriedly writing something down that at first looked like a shopping list. He copied runes and jumbles of letters from a variety of books and notebooks, quickly filling the page. Soon, I could see the twinkle of a plan in his eyes. Right over there. That's the ghost house. Pull around back, there's a window with a broken lock. Here's the plan. I'll get through the window and open up the back door. You drag my mom from the truck and follow me in. We set up in the kitchen and then I'll do my best to explain how we're going to fix this situation. Best of luck. I really, really hope this works. Well, uh, at least she still appears to be unconscious. Up we go. <clears throat> so much heavier than she looks. Come on, it's open. You can set her down there, right in the middle of the kitchen floor. You know, your mother is a little heavier than- I don't need to hear it. I don't know how long we've got before this thing wearing my mother wakes up. We've got to be prepared, so here's the long and short of the plan. I know how to seal it. The problem is getting it out of her. There's an old ritual that might work. Old enough that I can't trace the origin, but I'm pretty sure it's associated with the ritual that summoned it. There's purging, but that'll take time, and I'm not sure if it'll work for this. Last option is an exorcism. A few varieties of those two. I've made a mental list that ranks our options from the most likely to succeed down to the easiest to try if it all goes awry. I don't need to know all the details, Bookworm. How are you planning on sealing it? That's where the paint comes in. There's a full-sized mirror near the front door, if memory serves. I know about a particular sigil that'll seal it in. Or at least it should. Should is better than no plan at all. Let's get to work. It took us only about 30 minutes to get fully set up. Obadiah dragged the giant mirror into the kitchen while I built a reinforced barrier with paint. This time I included rock salt and a thin line of sage. Looting my own kitchen forced the design to be much smaller than what summoned it. It was at least large enough that if it tipped over its chair it shouldn't be able to disrupt the barrier. With the entity sitting upright in the center of its confines tied to an old wooden chair, I went about on the finishing touch, adorning the mirror with a sigil. When I finished, Obadiah and I both stood back and observed our work uncomfortably. If your mom comes to instead of the, well, other thing, I think she might put you up for adoption. That's a risk that I'm prepared to take. Now stay far away from the circle. If you get in there, I, I can't promise what'll happen. Also, 
Do not let it get near you with an open mouth. Don't get possessed. Uh, good. I'll try to keep that one in mind. Should we wake it? Don't need to. The ritual will do the trick. Hopefully the pronunciation works. Ragam et yati unurim. Kibertim jaman tu terusu et balsun ibu alil. Suddenly, her eyes were open. She stretched her mouth drastically back and forth, trying to get the tape off of it. If I was worried about Michael's sanity before now, his mother's eyes were all I needed to steal my nerves. She glared at us like a ravenous animal. It's awake now! Kima unakari misaram in alanat saimat nuran! Did it work? Nope. Nope, uh, try something else, quick! Uh, sh shit, that, that was an associated ritual. Maybe I screwed up the pronunciation. I didn't have to recite something last time. Just do something! <sighs> For crow's sake, the dresser just went straight to the it's circle! It's now, I think. Think, think! These bonds won't hold me. Cover your mouth, Obadiah. Only I'm protected here in my circle. Why didn't you think to give me one, too? I searched my notebook, desperately putting my loose scrawlings together. The entity was chanting, now. Each syllable that escaped seemed to loosen its ropes even further. I tried the 30-second setup from the Long Discourses of Buddha next. The presence began to laugh violently as it snapped its bonds like twigs. <laughs> An evil spirit? Really? Woe to mankind! You creatures have fallen so far from the wit of your ancestors. I'm no formless beast of the land. No, you two encounter realms no longer fathomed by your kind. Try something else, it's not- No, keep your mouth- <laughs> The entity was on Obadiah now. Violescence streaming out of my mother's mouth and towards his. Within the seconds I had to act, I, I realized that I remembered the chant that had come from its mouth. It was close in pronunciation to the language of the Assyrian era, and they had a very particular exorcism. It required a wax representation of the creature to be destroyed. It was one of the last on the list of my options. As I took an unlit candle, a reference to the ritual, and the entity already scrawled into it, an additional idea struck me. Well, more of a shot in the dark than an idea. By what's above, get the hell out of my mother and take your icon. With you! Turn the mirror towards her. She needs to see her own reflection. Lock. Curse you children. You have no understanding of what exists beyond the gates of your perception. You're not even the thorns upon these living plains. No. At best, a drop of water. Your brother is in a better place, Fleshworm. A beyond you'll never inhabit. A 
I'm going to personally enjoy shutting you up. Your soul is tainted. You'll simply cease while he lives on. Never to meet again. He never even heard your whimpering call. Uh, I think I will too. Here's the paint can. Seal me? Fools, the both of you. Paint over the mirror if you will. Unless you shatter it, I'll find my way out. You must really think we're dumb, don't you? Shattering the mirror would free you, but painting it? I destroyed your icon, your representation in the flesh. If there's no more mirror left to reflect, there's no more you. Damn you, mortal! You Jeez, you woke me up from a great night's rest. Just shut up already. You'll what? I can't hear you anymore. Can you, Obadiah? Nope. The bastard's gone. Frankly, I'm amazed that even worked. What did you say in Latin there at the end? I, I think it was part of the Lord's Prayer. It was the only thing else I could think of. Guess two types of exorcisms are better than one. That thing wasn't a demon, though, was it? Maybe? I'm not sure. He, it didn't sound like what I'd imagine what? one to... What's going on? Quick, the sleeping pills. Sorry, Mom. You'll thank me later. Just trust me, Mom. There, there. You'll feel much better in the morning. Probably. We should finish up with the mirror and get back. If your dad wakes up, he'll probably raise all sorts of hell. Alright, here's what we'll do with the mirror. The night was perfectly still when we exited the house. Frankly, it didn't feel all that haunted anymore. Maybe the ghost would find company in the covered, triple-painted, boxed-away and padlocked mirror in the cellar. We each breathed in the warm summer air as we carefully brought my mother back into the car and set off for home. Really thinking about it, I was damn lucky to be able to seal that thing away. My heart still ached for Charlie, but after an encounter such as that, I was no longer in favor of summoning rituals. There was clearly a much wider ecosystem of life or non-life swimming around out there than I had been expecting. If my brother was watching over me, I, I think he'd much prefer it if I didn't go prodding what could easily bite me back. Obadiah dropped us off at my house and I was relieved to find my dad still sleeping soundly on their bed. I tucked my mother back in and went to work cleaning the house. There wasn't much to clean, but the sigils on my wall, the whole else of my ritual, rehinging my door and turning over an object or two if I needed any excuses for why they each had huge bruises on their heads. I stayed up late cleaning, so late that I hardly noticed the sun was up till I sat down at the dining room table and exhaustedly poured a bowl of cereal. Without a word, my dad entered into the dining room, caught me by surprise as he actually glanced at me. My heart tightened and I, I thought he must remember. Before last night, we hadn't talked in what felt like centuries. Oh, you're up. Uh, couldn't sleep. Yeah, it's, well, can't say I share the same. You know, Janet's always up by now. 
Isn't that odd? Maybe she was real tired after last night. Last night? Uh, my head aches quite a bit, but I don't remember a thing. I think you were drinking. I, I heard a crash last night and found that chair overturned when I came into the kitchen this morning. Lord knows it's a bad morning to be hungover. We've got Sunday Mass in an hour. Ah, uh, figures. Ah, well, so be it. Hey, uh, can I can I join you? Did I hear that right? Truly? Might be about time. Oh. You're half a year too early for a Christmas miracle, son. We'd love for you to join us, Michael. We really, truly would. What? Oh, this time of the night. Blast. Heaven knows I should have laid off the bourbon. Hello? Douglas Allen speaking. Douglas, I'm sorry if I woke you. No, no, it's quite alright. A good night's rest is just a fairy tale anyway. If you haven't heard by now, I'm in New York. A long story... However, that's not why I'm calling. So why are you calling? You finally checking up on my broken bones after the crash? I care about you. And I've already been in contact with the other watcher. He's keeping an eye on the kids. Just a little insurance for when I'm gone. You've lost me. Douglas, listen carefully. Eastmith may be rid of Kent and his entourage. But like flies to honey... Something about this town attracts danger. Please, check in with the kids from time to time. You're talking like the town has a heartbeat. Things have been quite peaceful here as of late, but I'll keep them under my trusty watch nonetheless. Thank you. Call it intuition, but I feel something may be brewing. I'm not as my late husband Zachariah was, but my senses are not dull. Keep an eye out for the kids, and keep an eye out for yourself. Good evening, Douglas. And I was just getting used to being off of my crutches. Welcome to Dragon's Rest, a podcast about the fantasy tavern where all great adventures get their start. It's here you'll meet a wannabe hero, a misanthropic bartender, a washed-up mage, a dim-witted bard, and a braggadocious dwarf. Created by Darcy Thompson and starring a cast of talented storytellers, each week promises a fresh keg of laughter and misadventure. So come on down to Dragon's Rest. Visit dragonsrestshow.com for more.